Welcome to the Walpole High Film Festival's podcast, One Point Perspective, a podcast that explores the world of digital filmmaking and talks to young aspiring filmmakers in high school, college, and beyond. Now here are the hosts of the show, Mike Allen and James Conley. Today's episode, we catch up with Nick Piccarelli. We'll discuss his time in the film festival, his time in college, and helping out with the film festival, and the path he has taken to get to his current job as an editor. Hello, Nick. Welcome to One Point Perspective, our maiden voyage. We're so glad to have you in our studio. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Mr. Connolly and I were we're talking about uh, different directors, past directors that we could have in the studio to talk about their memories of the film festival and how, how they got into film and then what they did in college and where they are now. Now, Nick, you, you've, you've helped us out throughout the last like uh, four or five years. Yep. So you, you, you've constantly been involved. But what, 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 what was your earliest memories of uh, being involved in the film festival as a student here? So I didn't even know about the festival until I got here. I mean, the first I heard about it was just on the morning announcements. And I remember that day saying to Dave Newman, we have to make a movie next year. He said, definitely. And then, I don't think I ever mentioned this to you, but I was actually neighbors with Mike Morrissey. And he, he was my ride to school freshman year. And of course, this is when he was making Usual Callers. Dave just happened to like, sit next to him in like computer programming or something. So we would ask him about it, and he would say, like, yeah, you should do it. And then... In terms of actually doing anything with the festival, my first experience was actually Dave's cameo in Sweet Revenge, if you remember that. I do. Dave was the student who Bacchus, oh no, sorry, not Bacchus, uh, Joe Sweet, right? He comes out, he comes out yeah. of the locker 15 years later and like what grabs, a, grabs a freshman. He's like, yeah, what year is it? Yeah, and that's, that's Newman, that's right. Yeah, we were just walking down the hall and they walked by and Mr. Balk was like, you want to be in a movie? And if you know Dave, he's not going to turn that down. So, and I just, I just happened to like watch it. I didn't know that you, that you went back to Mike Morrissey. That's interesting. Because yeah. Mike Morrissey, and he, he said this before, but Mike Morrissey got involved in film his sophomore year when he was in my sophomore honors class. And we needed somebody to direct. And I just basically said, all right, listen, Mike, you, you're going to be involved and you're going to direct this film. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and that's literally how it happened. So that was freshman year. Yep. And uh, so you, all I remember is your sophomore year. Like Dave right. Newman kind of acted as your like agent. We both pitched stuff that never got. I don't. We didn't come in with a very solid idea. I remember we just kind of was um, spitballing stuff. And then after that, we were like talking to Jeff Walker, and he kind of helped us come up with something. Yeah, but I think before that. He, he yeah he was coming up with that you, you guys might have come in together but he pitched I think he was the one who like pitched the idea and other right, let me think it over and then he and then he came back and I remember telling him some notes and he's like oh well all right he's like let me run that by Nick Pick <laughs> and I'm like I'm like Nick Pick who, who's who's Nick Pick is like you you were like the boss of him everything had to be <laughs> everything had to be run by Nick Pick the myth yeah. And, uh, and then you guys came in for the after-school meeting, and then I, I remember talking to Jeff, because Jeff came back to help. And I was like, all right, Jeff, come in and talk to these guys and try to shape their script. Because I remember he, 
I just remember what he said was, um, he did Old Brother the year before, and he said, try to think of, one way to think about it would be like, a character going from like point A to point B, that's a simple movie that you guys could handle. And then that's, I don't even remember who came up with the actual idea. I know it wasn't me, but yeah, somehow out of that meeting, by the time we left A Sophomore's Tale, that story was all together. Yeah, so that's A Sophomore's Tale, and that is, that's actually Mr. Connolly's senior year. Yes, that was my senior year. Yeah. You know, Sophomore's Tale for us kind of flew under the radar because, A, it was a sophomore's tale, and it was an independent. But I knew Nick Pick, I want to say, through... Middle school. Middle school, through, through music. The talent show. The talent show, <laughs> yes. The talent show. It was a good, um, good time. So I've actually known you in, in Newman. It was good to see, you know, kind of the beginning of, of Cranberry's ultimate crusade, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then junior year, what happened junior year? Because, like, uh, that was just a haze. Junior year? Okay, I can't remember anything that you did that year. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> what did you do junior year? All right, so, I mean, I should probably explain the whole night situation. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, so there was that Heath Ledger movie, A Knight's Tale, and a few people asked us, like, if Sophomore's Tale was connected to that. I, so I'm guessing that's where that idea started, because I remember that it started with Dave and Jeff, and I remember, like, after the festival, sophomore year, Jeff saying, I'll see you next year for a night sale. And at the time, I didn't really take it seriously or ever, never crossed my mind that was actually going to be our movie. So then fast forward to junior year, we're at the first meeting. By that time, I mean, I had the idea for dropouts. I knew how the whole story was going to go. I was all ready to pitch it. And then Dave goes, no, we're pitching the night movie. <laughs> and I didn't want to. And then we, so we went back and forth, and he wasn't going to change his mind. And finally, I said, all right. We'll pitch the night movie, and if that gets turned down, dropouts will be our, our backup idea. And I thought that ha actually had a pretty good chance of happening, and that's not how it went at all. <laughs> so it was you, I think, Miss Pass was in there. Phil Groden was in there for some reason, just listening. And so <laughs> Dave pitches the movie, and it, it kills. Everyone was dying laughing. It got the green light right away. And I mean, I've listened to a few pitches, and Usually they don't even go over that well, but that one just like got approved, and I I was stunned. <laughs> yeah, and that was you, you guys were an independent, so we knew you were right. independent, right? right? So I think I, in my mind, I was trying to think like, okay, sophomore's tale. These guys made a sophomore's tale, and it was it was okay, you know, for a sophomore film. Like you guys got it done. Barely. And then I was, yeah, barely. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, all right, well, what's a kind of a harmless junior, junior movie that these guys can make and have fun with? And that sounded like a good pitch. I think everybody was excited. Like, cause I could see, like, that year was a big art direction year, and we had, right. we had Miss Pattis come on, yeah, uh, Miss Gillis for art direction. So I was like, thinking in my head, oh, okay, good for art direction. And, and uh, so we were like, okay, yeah, go with it. So, oh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe that was going to be our movie. And then so... A couple of weeks went by, and I mean, the problem with it was it really had no plot to it. It was basically the basic setup, and then a bunch of random, like, fish-out-of-water jokes. And then so a couple of weeks went by, and it wasn't going anywhere, and I was getting concerned. And so I was, I think I just wrote the script to drop out anyway, and I sent the first couple scenes to Dave, when, like, they show up late to class, and he really liked it, and that's what convinced him. And then, so we switched over. But I remember you saying you were disappointed we weren't doing the night movie. Yeah, I remember you guys coming in saying, oh, we're not, 
we're not going to do that. And I'm like, what? I, yeah, it was kind of late <laughs> in the game, too. And I was like, what do you yeah. mean you're not doing that? That's, that's your movie. And they're like, no, we're doing this other movie. And I was like, well, you're supposed to pitch that movie first. And this was like a, ended up being a recurring theme with, with you, I think. You didn't pitch <laughs> movies. You just wrote the script, which is not the way to go because it could be disastrous. And I remember being, again, you guys were independent. I mean, I was ready to pitch that movie, but I didn't get a chance. Yeah, we, we just had a lot on our plate that year, year seven, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah. like, okay, they're an independent artist, see what they can do. And I, um, at that point, I think I had Ferrara in mind that he was going yep. to produce anyway. And then you handed in the script, right? I think we handed you, like, a synopsis or an outline first, and then the script, yeah. I, I remember liking that script a lot. And then uh, being impressed with the script, like laughing out loud at the script, um, being like, okay, these guys have a shot yeah. here. I mean, I consider it the best of the four scripts I wrote here. Oh, no. Windsor's your best script. Okay. Stop, stop talking crazy. <laughs> How was it working with, you said, Matt Ferrara and Jeff Walker, two kind of festival, you know, centerpieces around those times or yeah. in the early years? Actually, one of the first scenes we filmed was that Jeff Walker scene, the really bizarre one. But then I think he, he couldn't stay for the whole year or something. Well, he went to the Army. Right, right. So, no, there's a funny story there with, with Jeff Walker. There was also Nick Wakely, right? Oh, yeah, he, yeah. He was Santa Claus. Right. It was kind of fun to see, like, Walker, Wakely, and, and uh, Ferrara all help you guys out. I think you guys learned a ton from those guys. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially, I mean, Ferrara knows more about everything than, than I do. He was a huge help. Yeah, and he was excited about that movie when it was done. He was like, "This is this is killer." Yeah, he was all excited, and it was. It was it was very impressive for an independent film. Yeah. I don't think it played quite as well as we thought it was going to. I remember him saying that too, that he that he thought it would get more of a crowd reaction than it did, at least in terms of like laughs. I don't know. Maybe the sensibility of the night it played or something. I don't, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't play as well as I thought. Like, I thought that that one should have been one of the ones nominated. I think uh, a lot of people did. But then they played, and I was like, oh, well, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe <don't>. not. <laughs> maybe it's, uh, and that's happened quite a few times with me uh, throughout the years. I mean, it is always different seeing it with an audience and just, like, watching it on your, by yourself. I don't think I could vote that year, actually. No, Because I was, I was freshly yeah, out. Yeah, and, and Brian was still there. And Brian was in it, so I... Um, so I, I, I couldn't vote, but I did actually, I did like the end product of Dropouts. You know, I think it was very cleverly written. A good job with that. And then you had Cranberry's Crusade. So, and that was an interesting uh, way to get that approved. Yeah, so, I mean, if, if I'm being honest, I mean, everyone who did the film festival, and not even just here, like students everywhere do that, where they say, oh, we should make a movie about making a movie. So... Honestly, it's the most unoriginal idea ever. But <laughs> I, w I was thinking about it, and I thought, well, if we were to do this, the night premise would be a perfect idea for a um, fake movie. Because it's ridiculous enough to be funny, but I mean, it almost got made, so it's still believable. And then with the way the year before I went, where Dave and Connor didn't get nominated, I was like, well, that could be a funny backstory. Because I, I saw it was important to have like, a reason for that documentary to exist. If we did it the right way and we made it work, it could have been really funny. But I, I mean, I was sure that other people had pitched that idea. So I didn't think I had a chance of <laughs> pitching it to you. And then 
Yeah, so you skip the pitch process. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> you skip the pitch process. I don't remember what you said you were working on. I think you just said you were working on a script or something. But I think my thinking was, worst case scenario, if you didn't like it, we could take the best bits from that and use it for like the end of the year doc, because sometimes you do like those little scripted. So I thought that if, you know, if we couldn't do the actual movie, we, at least we could have you do something else with some of the ideas from it. So I just remember you passing it, uh, like handing it to me, like it's before Columbus Day weekend. Yeah, and you said, I think you said, writing on your own has consequences or something like that. Well, like my rule of thumb is, I think I tell the the writers, don't write a movie about about trying to make a movie. I was like sick of, I was sick of that pitch. So I started reading the first two pages being like, oh God, he's writing a movie about (laughs) making a movie. And I was like, this is going to be bad. And then I, I think I got like four or five pages into it, and I was laughing. I was like, oh, this is really good. And I was like, okay, this, this could totally happen. And the good thing about a mockumentary, like we were talking about with Jane, is if you have the script and it's good, and you have the acting, it's actually not... I mean, it's a lot of improv, and it, but if you get the gold, it's, it's really, it's really kind of makes itself. Yeah, and I can imagine, I'm, I'm actually kind of glad that you skipped the pitch process, because I could imagine Alan shooting it down, saying, well, we made pitching in the hall, you yeah. know, year three. So it probably worked yeah. out best for everyone I mean, this way. But for good reason, too. I mean, if I was an alumni, like, on the Academy, and I saw that premise, I probably would have rolled my yeah. eyes at it and been like, oh, really? Like, Yeah, it's, yeah. that's such a, I mean, you really are walking that line. And, you know, you guys pulled it off. I mean, you had the perfect cast. Dave and Connor. Yeah. I mean, they're just so funny together. And, and everybody else. It was, it was just a fun movie. And, then, and I think we avoided that trap of, like, having it be, like, inside jokes, too, I think. Yeah, I think it was good to have Lauren Glenn on your yep. crew to kind of tell that line. Because you guys did kind of... I think the extended cut, we liked a lot of stuff, but, like... Watching the extended cut, we realized that it it didn't play as well. Yeah, my my only regret was the film festival was cutting out mis- the segment with Mr. Gene's dog. I thought that I think it would have played well. Yeah, that might have played well. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back and hear about Nick's life after high school after a word from our sponsors. There's a remote farm in the sunny plains of Kansas where farmer Robert Stevenson raises only the plumpest grass-fed chickens. These chickens, ladies and gentlemen, are the source of those buffalo chicken patties you love so dearly. Slathered in a combination of 18 mysterious spices, not including salt and pepper, that create only the tangiest and most delicious of sauces. Available all this week in the cafeteria, Buffalo Chicken. It's what's for lunch, friend. The Pythagorean Theorem. Sine, cosine, tangent, Sacagawea. Are you tired of not understanding what any of these terms mean? It sounds like it's time to sign up for Mr. Passeggio's AP Calculus class. Because you can't spell calculus without you. Have you been harassed by law enforcement on the streets of Walpole? Have you had items confiscated from your locker? Do you feel that your rights have been violated? Contact the lawyers of the mock trial team. 
Call 1-800-ASK-MOCK. Please note, mock trial attorneys are not real lawyers. They are not licensed to practice in any of the 50 states or territories. Sorry, Tennessee. Welcome back to the studio. For those just joining us, we're live here with Nick Pick. So then you graduate, and what happens then? What happens to Nick Pick? So I went to UMass Amherst, joined the film club there, took some film classes, um, got a certificate in film studies, which is basically like a step up above a minor. Basically, just continued making movies on my own. Um, I'm, not, I didn't take any like production classes. What was the film program like there at UMass Amherst? I mean, there's no film major there, and when I got there, the film club was only a couple of years old. They didn't have a camera. They didn't have. They didn't have anything. Make movies or make excuses applied even more to college than it did here. I mean, not that the film festival is easy. I mean, obviously, it's really hard, but. The system is in place. There are people here to help you. There, it was just you're on your own, and it was tough. Just to edit, I remember there was only like a couple different places on campus that had Final Cut 7, and they were both in really inconvenient places, and they were only open during like these really like random times. No, sometimes I would go there, and like a class would show up, and I would get kicked out. At the end of the year, we do like these little screenings, and like each year, I was exporting a movie like hours before. <laughs> So there was a place where they showed these movies, like a festival? No, this was just the film club's own screening. So, you know, I spent months and months and hours working on a movie to show it to, like, 12 people. <laughs> and mo- most of whom were, like, already involved with the movie anyway. Oh, man. You, needless to say, UMass Amherst is a fledgling film program. Right. I think, and of course, right after I left, they got, like, a new building with, like, all this new media stuff. So I, I'm sure it's better. When I was there, I mean, we got the club off the ground at least. Like, we were able to get funding, and like, we have like, <laughs> we have a camera now. And at least when I left, so hopefully we left it in. I, I mean, when I left, it was at least in a spot where it could start to finally grow. And what about what about after college? What have you been doing? You know, with film since then. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, I think the first thing I did was actually a job you set up was helping Matt Ferrara with um, Franklin TV. Was a uh, candle pin bowling tournament was it was pretty funny. Yeah, I've been on set for that. In, he's actually filmed in Millis, and uh, oh, yeah. actually not too long ago, I went to see Matt running the show on uh, candle pin bowling. It's, which it's is, a big production. Yeah, it actually is a huge production, and uh, it was pretty impressive. Yep. So after that, um, I went and worked for this um, nonprofit in New Bedford. They made documentaries with students. It's a great idea. Um, the actual job wasn't so great. So I didn't stay there too long. After that, I got a job for this company in Providence. It was actually pretty cool. They bought and sold and fixed up old cars. And they wanted a person, they wanted to like start a video series. So when I first got there, they basically had me pick out different equipment that I want. They just bought me everything. And I was um, basically in charge of making these videos start, um, start to finish. So it was, it was a lot of fun. It was like a temporary situation, but it was still a great opportunity to just like make a bunch of videos and get them out there. That's super cool. And so they, so you did make them and, and they oh, were yeah. posted. How, oh, yeah. how many did you make? Oh, like 10 maybe. So what, what's the site of that? So that, oh, so that our, uh, our listeners um, can go to that site. <laughs> the company's Oxford motor cars. They should all still be on YouTube, I think. Yeah. So yeah, it's cool. I got to like drive around and they would drive me around in the cars. It was pretty fun. That's great. So that's an avenue right there for, uh, 
filmmakers. You know, that's a uh, burgeoning um, business is just to get get this vid- these videos, these how-to videos online. Right. So just as that was starting um, to end, I just got an email out of the blue from this production company I applied to like a year earlier. And they asked if I was um, still interested. I said, yeah. And then they hired me, and that's where I've been for the past year and a half. And that's in Burlington? Right, yeah. And you said that's mostly corporate video? Or um, what do you, what well, exactly do you do? They do mostly weddings. Um, I, don't, I don't do those as much. So they have like the wedding side and the corporate side. So I do, I'm in charge of editing all the um, corporate videos. And then every once in a while, they'll um, send me on set to be a PA or like run sound or something. How many editors, editors do they have? Only four. Oh, nice. All right, let's talk, uh, you know, you've, you've helped out a lot yep. in the last four years. Obviously, you helped out with a lot of scripts. The scripts started pretty much right away, too. Yeah. You, you, I think uh, My Own Worst Enemy was the first one I got that you asked for notes for. Yeah, you've been, you've been writing notes in pretty much every script written that I think has a chance to get on top shelf. It goes by Nick's desk. You've also helped out as, as a producer. You were a producer on The Yang. Uh, yep. Um, and you were a producer on... F- uh, full, yeah, Full-Fledged Nerd. Full-Fledged Nerd? Yep. Oh, so this year would be exciting because the Yang... Yeah, they're, so, all, they're all seniors. Because yeah. they've, they've come a long way. So uh, how far, um, like, what do you see as, like, a major change in, in what you're seeing these uh, high school filmmakers now versus how it was when you, got, when you guys were here? I think, I mean, a lot of, obviously, all the technology has changed. I mean, from the cameras to the editing to, you know, now you have sound system, all of that has been completely turned over just in, what, five years. I mean, at the same time, it's still, it's still the same process. So, like, oh, everything has changed, but it's still the same. What do you mean, what do you mean by that? It's still the same? I mean, it's still the same process. You still run into all the same problems. It all just comes down to scheduling and organizing. And, and no matter where you are, I mean, it's the same in college. It's all about... Just getting everyone on, to, on set at the same time is half the battle. What would be your advice to, to um, these filmmakers now, uh, not necessarily in the process, like, you know, the final stages, but, yeah. like, just in general? I think, you know, the, the cliché to say it's not about the awards. and I mean, it's not, of course. But, I mean, there's nothing wrong with wanting to make the best movie you can. You should have a goal beyond that to have an influence on the festival as a whole. In those three movies we did, we won a total of zero awards, but... <laughs> I'm right there with you with four movies, so... <laughs> but then, you know, in my senior year and um, in the year since, there have been a few people who have, who have gone up and have brought up my name, and I would say that's, that's what I'm most proud of. Do you have any advice for these young filmmakers for, for college and, and after college? I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure you deal with every year, the, the debate of film school or not. I do. I do uh, a lot, you know, uh, whether or not to, I mean, these, these film schools are very expensive, and so whether it's worth it, et cetera, um, which is why we wanted to kind of start this podcast, not only to kind of go down memory lane, but also kind of examine the next step and, and what you're looking at in that next step. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you don't have to. I mean, I made it work, but I mean, either way, I think whether film school not I think it just it's the same thing it comes down to just you have to be making videos I mean if you want to 
work as um, a video editor. I mean, you can't get those jobs if you have nothing to show. I mean, from my experience, at least, I mean, employers don't care that, they don't really care where you went to school or what classes you take. I mean, they don't care that you watch a bunch of classic movies in film school. They just want to see what you can do. Yeah, so kind of no job is, is too small. I mean, you said like the nonprofit sure. and the, the car videos and that got you to where you are. Yeah, anything to build that portfolio, build your resume. Yeah, that's, um, that's good advice. Because, uh, you know, we, we have, uh, I mean, there's schools that these kids are getting into that, that are very, very expensive. And they're always asking me my advice. And, and I tell them that they have all the skills they need right now to make a film. They can, that's an option. They yeah. can just go and make, make some movies, hustle. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I have to be honest, it's not like I came out of school and was able to, you know, get this awesome job doing film right away. I mean, I mean, there were times where I was like, oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> like is this going to go anywhere? Like, am I after going to completely rethink my career? I mean, it, it worked out in the end, but it wasn't a very, like, smooth pass towards that. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it's not easy. No, not, not at all. Especially, um, it depends on what you want to get into. Like, my advice, right. too, to some, some of the film students is to kind of have a niche and yeah. sound or editor like yeah. you are... Um, Thing. You know, um, a lot of students want to be a director, and that's like that's tough. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in reality, is you're not going to come out of film school and be asked to, you know, be paid money to direct a movie you want to. I think if you are going into editing, one advice, some advice I would give is to learn um, animation and motion graphics. If I could do college again, I would have tried to learn that because I mean, there's a pretty big demand for that. Most videos have some type of um, graphics, especially in like corporate videos. So definitely, if you can get good at like After Effects and stuff like that, you can have a big advantage, I think. It's a great tip. Yeah. And in general, just, I think, as far as I can tell, there are more jobs in like the editing area. And then most of the people I know who like do videography are freelancing. Because I mean, a shoot is a day, but then you can spend weeks editing. So there's always more editing work. Good point, yeah. very good point. What movie are you looking forward to most this year? I mean, this is a, kind of the first year you've kind of been, you've read all the scripts, but besides that. Probably Contra, because I'm just, at least from what I read, it was the most difficult movie to pull off. And so I'm just, yeah, I'm just curious to see how they pull it off. Excited to see Jane, just to see, because I think it's, I mean, there hasn't been a mockumentary. I mean, Promposal was kind of like halfway It wasn't like a full mockumentary. It was kind of like. No, you're between. messing up Promposal with Promzilla. Oh, Promzilla, right. Excited to see the cone. I think that was the only script I didn't read, or at least one of them. The cone, right? So, so it's good to see a movie that you know I don't know what's coming, and just see to see what Dan does with um elsewhere too. The docs. I mean, I'm listing every movie, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the past few years, the docs have really taken off. You can be excited to see them all too. We yeah. are as well. So, my senior year, fall semester, I took a class on um, documentaries. But you didn't actually make a documentary in that class. Your final project was to like propose one and do like all like the pre-production for it. I mean, so of course, if I'm going to do that, I want to. I would want to actually make it. So then, I was able to get an independent study and spend the second semester making that. So that was the only movie I made there that, that I actually got any kind of like class credits for. Yeah, and we can check out your movies online. You have a Vimeo. Yeah, if you just search my name on Vimeo, it should all be there. 
All right. Well, thank you, Nick, for taking your time to come down to the uh, One Point Perspective studio. Until next time, hope you enjoy the festival. You've been listening to Walpole High Film Festival's podcast, One Point Perspective. Thanks for listening, and be sure to come to this year's 15th annual Walpole High Film Festival on May 9th, 11th, and 18th. We'll see you there.